Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Swift Hour. I'm Keisha Berry, and this is your chance to hear from leading industry experts on tools, trends, and best practices to help guide you through your digitization journey. In our last episode, we spent time with Anis Ma, GM of Lean Swift, talking about the main trends and disruptors of 2023, one of which was the enormous value organizations can gain by migrating to the cloud. Gardner Inc. forecasts that in 2023, worldwide public cloud spending will now grow to almost 20% to a total of $600 billion. Today, we're going into a bit of a deep dive into that topic with my next guest. Today, joining me is Henrik Rafsnes, Director of Technical Services here at Lean Swift. And believe me, Henrik has some opinions on this topic. Now, Henrik isn't a guy you don't easily forget. He makes an impression. This guy, Henrik, he gets a kick out of brainstorming complex issues, taking them apart to consider all the pieces to identify what stays, what's redundant or null and void to create something new and better. His personality type, the innovator, the visionary, or the debater, take your pick, Henrik loves being surrounded by new ideas. He is highly inventive and is undeniably honest. I think that's why my weekly meeting with Henrik and the sales team is one of my favorite meetings of the week. And I have to admit, that's where the podcast was reborn, thanks to Henrik. So listeners, please welcome Henrik to the Swift Hour. And Henrik, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, wow, what an what an introduction you, you made. You know, I had fun with that one, Henrik. You know, a little bit of research, a little digging, finding your resume, stalking. your Myers-Briggs, stalking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I I have all the tools. So uh, there's more I could share, but I'll hold back. So, um, Henrik, for our listeners, just share a little bit about your background. And um, if you want some of your favorite types of projects or um, just a little bit about your background here at LeanSwift. Yeah, sure, sure. Now, now you're making me nervous, you know. This, Good. We can't. Nothing in the cloud can be hidden, you know. No. Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm a Swede, you know, noted by my difficult to pronounce last name. <laughs> uh, but I did move move to the U.S. a mod, let's say, decade or so ago mm. uh, when we started LeanSwift, actually. Oh, okay. And now I'm actually a U.S. citizen, too. Uh, oh. I've worked with ERP systems in for m3 specifically you know before i moved here even and right out of university to be honest <laughs> and now i think that's coming up on 20 years or something oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't keep track anymore <laughs> uh, on the technical side of things uh, pretty much the entire time you know integrations mm. that sort of a thing and and that's ultimately the part i enjoy the most you know the solution mm. architect side of integrations no yeah you yeah. <laughs> honesty yeah i said diplomacy might not be my strong suit you know <laughs> but i am really good at making computers talk to each other you know i, don't, I care about humans <laughs> <sighs> oh, i just yeah a day in your life to be a fly on the wall would be great um so again thanks henrik for being here and the reason being is that we really want to hear your thoughts to build on what we were talking about with Annis in the last episode, which was really about some of the big disruptors of 2023. And what he talked about was the cloud being leveraged as a business enabler. And so I'm curious, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I wouldn't say this year specifically, you know, the last couple of years, I would say the cloud has kind of taken over. And I think the question on people's mind is, you know, it's not if, but how to get there. 
Mm-hmm. You know, as, as far as business enabler goes, I think the, the short story is the cloud allows your business to focus on your business and not maintenance of your, you know, on-prem cumbersome infrastructure or what have you. Nuances, of course, you know, but mm-hmm. in the end, the cloud kind of allows you to adopt the best practice process, streamline a lot of the functionality you have, and, you know, you no longer have to worry about getting the latest releases or patches on your on-premise infrastructure. Takes a lot of guesswork out, creates a lot of streamlined processes, it sounds like. Right. So (laughs) with the risk of already going on a tangent, (laughs) the the ERP systems out there are kind of mammoths, really. You know, everything in this industry moves at glacial speed sometimes, I think. And, you know, many companies have been having these same systems for, what, a decade? Maybe two. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I've worked with a customer from when I started to now on the same system. Anyway, oh. <laughs> often, you know, they've modified these systems, you know, to the point of unrecognizability. And staying on top of patching those, you know, unique systems is heck of a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I think the last couple of years of security incidents, ransomware attacks, we had one just a few weeks ago on one of our clients, and you know, it has shown how woefully unprepared even these big businesses are for this new new reality. Nowadays, a guy in a basement can shut down a $10 billion company. Nah, meanwhile, over here, I can barely keep up in my social media feed. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being the guy responsible for securing a, like the whole company infrastructure from things like ransomware attacks. Yeah, I don't think that's tenable. <laughs> yeah, at least not scalable for one mm. guy. And it's definitely not you know, where you want to spend all your business focus. You want to do it selling, manufacturing, delivering, whatever it is you do, but not your own internal IT. Mm. Focusing on selling, profitability, revenue, right? Not, I, yeah. <laughs> your own system doesn't. Anyway. That's where the cloud comes in, right? When you trade, you do, like you said, trade away some control. Mm. But on the flip side, you gain entire teams then of experts to deal with just that, making sure your infrastructure runs and is secure. So in my mind, why spend budget and focus where you don't have to? Mm -hmm. That's, for me, where the cloud is the business enabler. You take away the stuff that's not your business and focus mm-hmm. on your business. Kind of back like where ta- we start. Yeah, I, I think go- that's a good tagline. <laughs> yeah, I, I think probably I cannot take credit for that one. Though. <laughs> oh, so take away the stuff that's not your business and focus on the business. So the ROI of moving to the cloud, it's definitely there. And, you know, the huge value of migrating to the cloud is um, we know it's got great, huge value, but it's quite a journey. And I would imagine that it takes a lot of involvement and addressing tons of concerns from senior leaders, other decision makers, those in IT, you know, to get them to move away from on-prem and to move and migrate to the cloud. So as you said, over the past several years, cloud has taken business and consumer tech by storm, but there's been pushback too. So people who don't trust the platform, be it around security or something else. So what do you think about that, Henrik? Well, Keisha. (laughs) (laughs) If we're being formal. Yeah. Well, look, we're so formal here. (laughs) 
Well, look at what's happening. You know, we have these IT people. I call them IT people. Yeah, I'm an mm. IT people. Okay. Spending decades tinkering with his core code of the systems. And mm-hmm. they nowadays often have quite significant influence at companies out there. They have been there forever. They've risen through the ranks. Who knows? They might be the CIO. And so while it might sound ridiculous to say that if Bob over at IT doesn't mm-hmm. want this upgrade, it's not going to happen. But that's a sad reality. I think that that's out there. It's human nature, dif- the natural defense against mm. becoming obsolete. There's too much new, all that stuff. But the flip side of it is what happens when they re- retire. COVID strikes, layoffs. And yeah. at that point, you can forget about keeping your system secure. Because, again, you, when you don't even know how your system works or you know, under the hood anyway. Mm. Right. And, yeah, and, if, and it, if Bob goes, sorry, if Bob goes, yeah, you don't know what he's done, what he's touched, what he was planning to do next. And he probably took the stapler too. Yeah. Yeah. That stapler, I swear. I mean, you, you do have, you also have the if it ain't broke, don't fix it attitude kind of pushback. And I can subscribe to that myself. And mm-hmm. though when I do tell, our customers that I hope that it's for or I'd like to imagine that it's for different reasons than this uh, I hope so for them too will, and for us well we, 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 you really think about it it isn't true I mean ERPs break down all the time we're fixing bugs adding new features features that break new old functionality and then you put patches in place that then have to be rolled back because they also broke something and so on and so on it's 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 what uh, we call technical depth that mm. just keeps building. And eventually, there'll be this time when the interest rate spikes. we heard that before. You know, in this 14% and you can't pay it anymore. What do you do? To declare Chapter 11 or your system and run your business on pen and paper. Yeah, terrible analogy. Oh, yeah. I don't but know. I haven't heard about I do, but that technical debt, I've never heard of that before. I mean, I've been fearful of many other types of debt, but wow. I mean, that's <laughs> just huge. And yeah, I don't I don't think you can do much on pen and paper anymore. Oh, it's a paperless society, haven't you heard? <laughs> Although Actually, there's a lot of printing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's you're not alone in fearing a lot of I mean, the user adoption. What I see mm-hmm. out there a lot in projects is that the user adoption fails entire ERP implementations. It could even be halfway through a project, and suddenly there's Ooh. so much pushback from users that scream loudly the system isn't viable for them. You know, the entire project is called off, and then you know people get fired. Mm. The higher ups who decided about the projects in the first place then. So if you're going on this cloud journey, you really have to have your users with you, including Bob over at IT. Yeah, I think uh, getting Bob on board is certainly important, but you know you have to start with senior leadership to spearhead and communicate the what's in it for me in terms of the 
the starting the migration, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and being prepared to address all the pushbacks that would arise so that everybody can get on board. But, you know, what do you tell Bob? What do you tell the others to get them to change their mind and get on board with migrating to the cloud? Uh, with great risk comes great reward. No, no. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. That works. Don't that works. That. That's some oh, Spider-Man gosh. stuff right there. Yeah. No. Oh, is it? <laughs> no. Anyway, I would back on track. I, I would say, think, uh, don't consider what could happen if you do, but what will happen if you don't. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest too. An European implementation, like you, you touched on here, it is not an easy task. It's not like picking a product from the grocery store shelf and just running with it. You have to do, like you said, a lot of planning, comparing your business requirements to a whole range of systems that are out there and select the right one for you. And that's before you even pick your implementation partner is going to help you do it. So that's another story altogether. Hmm. Picking an implementation partner. Yes, I do think that's another story, yeah. don't you? Maybe for a different I, day. I have a great implementation partner in mind. That, that oh, I you do? Think. I think we could talk about that for a long time. But before we get on off track with wonderful ERP implementation partners, what are some of the benefits of the cloud for our listeners? What can they really grab onto when they're trying to make this business case to leave on-prem and migrate? Right, the topic we were supposed to talk about. <laughs> we're, we're good. We're back on track. We're doing great. So we already touched on the embedded security, right? So yeah. security is now someone else's problem. Mm-hmm. Not entirely true, but <laughs> there is also much more, of course. Mm-hmm. I would say that you get enhanced and more modernized integration capabilities with external applications. That's That's close to my heart. And it's also an area where push can come to shove in in this this cloud journey. If I mean, what happens when your external trading partners upgrade their system and your old system can no longer integrate with them? Then you have to think about that. You have to do something. You may force your hand. And I would say that the timing of that will never be good for your business. So it's better that things like that happen on your own terms. That's true. And moreover, I would say your system will always be up to date. You will always have access to the latest features, whether you choose to use them or not. And you don't have to worry about downtime or maintenance windows. Uh, to the same extent, anyway, you are with an on-premise system. I would also say your developers will be more productive. <laughs> Wait, why do you need <laughs> developers, right? You're in the cloud. Let's you knew I was to- thinking that. <laughs> Let's get to that in a bit, but as long as they work in a modern framework using the best practice processes, they will be more effective. And that's kind of what you're getting with the cloud. Mm. And since you are, you, you, you will have an easier time finding those resources. So you're no longer relying on that one person in, in your IT department. So sorry, Bob. <laughs> And, you know, usually a newer system, more modern mm-hmm. system brings along a better customer journey for your, I mean, your customers. So mm-hmm. not our customers. <laughs> so, but anyway, happy customers makes for more business. 
You know, it rings true to what you were saying earlier. By migrating to the cloud, your infrastructure is updated consistently and it's secure. It's freeing up your time for you to focus on behaviors, projects that drive revenue, enhance the customer experience, which is huge. That customer experience journey. So very, very valuable. But, you know, I'm listening. I'm, I know you got more. What else? I'll say not for everyone, but when you do go to the cloud, you are innovating and cap pioneering capabilities, if you will, you know, taking mm. things to the next level. We are at a point right now, or have been for a while, where on-premise systems are a bit stuck in time. I mean, even the standard ones, they don't get access to the new features because all new development happens to the cloud versions, for better or worse. So even if you don't like pioneering, maybe at the mm -hmm. very least you want you want the, the, the latest. And you can go through accelerated product launches, I would say. I mean, you can pick other cloud products and maybe simply plug and play it into your cloud and, you know, immediately be up and running. You don't need to figure out where in your old COBOL code you need to program the integration. Right. It's not quite as simple as that, but in many ways, you 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 get to be a little bit more plug and play in the cloud. And hub and spoke type architecture. Hmm. The old COBOL code. I was going to bring that up, Henrik. I'm glad you touched on that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you would. I was. I had notes. But, I was gonna. I was like, oh, we must. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We must talk about. It's not talk about that. I think it's RPG code, though. That's that's the for anyway. Oh, let's move on. I would say your your overall ability in the cloud is to adapt is much higher. You can react mm. quickly. You can grab new businesses out there. It brings that peace of mind that when you are ready to expand your infrastructure, you're fully equipped to do so, mm. and that's really what drives the business growth. I would. I mean, it sounds great to me. It sounds like a wonderful case to migrate to the cloud, but I'm sure that there's still people listening who aren't totally convinced to transition away from their on-prem systems. Like if they make an argument, it could be for that if you stay on-prem, you're totally in control of your own system. You can change it to behave any way you want, when you want. And we know Bob's a fan of that for sure. Job security, he gets control, he gets to create architecture, but with the cloud, you have to give up some of that. True, but is that a good thing? I'm not convinced that's necessarily a good thing. Okay, continuously modifying the core the code of you know any system will eventually make that original system unrecognizable, and then you are solely relying on in-house expertise to maintain it. I don't think it's a question of if but when that happens because if we're getting real if there is an option to modify the core code to solve a problem everyone will take it because it's the easy solution and so when you do that gradually that technical debt we talked about earlier builds up and at some point you end up with this system that defines your business not the other way mm. around mm. it controls what your business can and can't do it's like a road to hell paved with good intentions. Every okay. change was made in an effort to improve the business capability, but somewhere along that line, you you passed the point and the business no longer informs what your system is doing, but the other way around. So 
cloud, on the other hand, forces you to implement things and adopt processes in a certain way or according to best practices. So to me, this whole argument you're saying is actually the pro side for the cloud. You know, so you've talked about all sorts of things. I mean, the technical debt, like I said, is a new one for me, but, you know, all the changes and manipulations, perhaps they're done with no systematic processes, can really change the system to where it's unrecognizable and the business no longer informs the system of what it's doing. I mean, isn't that our fear when we think about AI and everything that's happening? It's like, oh my gosh. So it doesn't sound like a good place to be. So listeners, brace your IT team for the cloud migration, have a clear migration strategy in place from the top down. And, you know, that way you can get Bob on board. Right. And, you know, another thing too here, it's also not true to say you can't modify the cloud. So this whole argument is, isn't true either. So, oh, well, I like the sound of that, but I think you're talking about Infor now. Is that right? <laughs> so glad you caught on. It's trying to make a smooth segue, but I'm just not as smooth as you, I think. I, I, oh. <laughs> I haven't practiced. Well, I think it was nice. Smooth as silk. So, all right, you touched on Infor. What makes Infor different? I wouldn't say different uh, because I really can't speak much on a more uh, on a specific level about other other ERP systems. But mm -hmm. Infor has added a layer or layers of extensibility on top of their ERP systems. M3, for example. So where you can modify the system, and I mean beyond simple personalization of the system, like making something pretty in color or underline or adding a link or something. I mean, actually modifying the system. Um, in the M3 example, it's called Extend M3. So using this extensibility tool, we can create new dynamic tables and custom APIs. So it already has a thousand APIs, but if it, the one we need is doesn't exist, we can actually build it. And we can manipulate not only these new tables that we create and populate with data, but we can add, manipulate the data in the standard system and tables. And all of that still deployed inside the cloud. So, and then in, again, in the Infor case, we have H5 applications, SDK, and it's a, it's a standard development kit, SDK. So allows you to build um, essentially a web app using Angular, which is made by Google, and then deploy it again inside the cloud here. So we're not really limited by anything except whatever is possible with web development, and, and that's quite a lot. Mm -hmm. So let's say you don't care for those 16 screens in your ERP system. Um, so you combine them all into one easy-to-use H5 app and layer it on top of your M3 ERP. Maybe you integrate that with some external web service to FedEx for deliveries, maybe rate quoting, why not? So what you get there is an immediate improvement in user adoption. It's like they then they productivity through through that too. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, this rabbit hole goes about as deep as we want it to go. I mean, let's say the M3 doesn't have a document you need to print. It doesn't exist mm -hmm. at all. So you create a custom event analytics rule. You trigger it based on some data change in the M3 database. You pass it through Ion and to IDM, and you design your own custom document and, and have it print. And you can do that all within 
mainly configuration, not even development inside the cloud. You know, a lot of what you said uh, are new uh, new uh, lingo for me. IDM. I don't even know what right. the other one. I I I O N. Did you call it Ion? See, Ion. look, I'm I'm exposing so, yeah. myself. But what I do know is that. Um, about two years ago, you helped me with this. We did something called the 12 Days of Christmas where we highlighted the H5 apps and we talked a little bit about like um, proof of delivery apps, uh, MO creation, MO receipt, something about accounts receivable, you know, and really making things like you said um, to improve user adoption and productivity. So um, I do know some of what you were just speaking of, but yeah, just not all the lingo. Right, I, I knew those old days of Christmas would come back to haunt me. Like yeah, said, again, you were anything involved in you that do too. in the cloud, you can't get rid. <laughs> no, I should, I should, I should link that in the podcast. Maybe I will. We'll see. Ah, <laughs> but yeah, but you're right. That was a lot of fancy talk here. <laughs> the important thing is, you can absolutely straight up modify your cloud ERP to work the way you need it. You know, the the tools are not the same as on premise. You just have to learn new tools. So also, you know, Infor is adding these new extensibility tools with every patch. So uh, you can get, well, you get them automatically when you're in the cloud, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you choose to use them or not, again, but, and maybe you don't get new tools with every patch, but they are, you know, continuously improved. And you can be sure that when a new tool comes out, mm-hmm. you have access to it right away, no downtime. Again, I feel like this is probably something we can talk another 30 minutes about, whatever past here, and I, I think we might be running out of time. You know what? Yes, we are. We are running out of time, so it's time to call it a day. But the thing is, is that you and I have so many things that we could talk about, and listeners, we hope that Henrik will join us again. Um, Henrik, the pleasure was all mine having you today and sharing your thoughts and perspectives. And I do, like I said, hope we can have you again on the Swift Hour. But before I let you go, I just want to ask you one question. Are you ready? Oh, oh no. It might oh, be. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I have to think of it. All right. Here we go. It's off the top of my head. If you could pick any car, would it be a truck, a Jeep, SUV, or a sports, sports car? Or if it could be any car, or you, or it could be something that I didn't mention. Yeah, no, I guess no, no, what no. what's the car I, of your dreams? Oh, that I don't know. I I do like my Mustang. I have a Ooh. convertible Mustang. Yes, and and I would say it's actually quite fun. <laughs> when you said if you can pick a pick a pickup, I I do have two car seats in my Mustang in the back seat, so it works <laughs> as a family car. That's and nice. you could take those two car seats out, and I've actually did like. Did some landscaping, so I bought a hundred feet of corrugated pipe in a like bead roll, and I managed to fit that in in the back seat of my Mustang too, top down, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, but, thank uh, you. So yeah, you know the Mustang is is it's a family car, it's a pickup car, it's a sports mm. car. You know, I mean, I mean, I'd pick all of them. Oh, okay, so that's how you sold it. Now wait, yes. the color? What color is it? Red, blue, black, yellow? Orange. Orange. Oh my gosh, you are brave. You are a brave soul. <laughs> All right. My dream car would have been the Lamborghini Countach from like, I don't know, 80, the 80s, maybe. It was white. I, love- I had it framed in my bedroom. <laughs> oh, that is a beautiful car. 
isn't it? I've never seen or touched one, but you know. Um, all right, so you are going to Home Depot in your convertible Mustang, live in large, and that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you're you're adapting and you're being productive, so that's great. All right, again, Henrik, thank you so much join for joining us today listeners please be sure to subscribe to the swift hour wherever you get your podcasts and share those share it with others that want to hear about ways to ensure that their digitization is a success be sure to check out leanswift.com and whipbro.com for more industry insights and i'm keisha berry so until next time this is the swift hour Thank you for joining us today and be sure to download the Swift Hour wherever you get your podcasts. We hope that you join us again for the Swift Hour. I'm your host, Keisha Berry.